This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 25-20, 15-10, 5, snowshoes, touchdown, Kansas City! According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked off Fish of the Age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh! oh are you serious? Slam jam back! Get them ready for the NBA Bucket Contest! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So, you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I think I'd rather have a tooth pull. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, and maybe for the first time ever seeing him without his shirt tucked in, Mr. Steve Sell. Good afternoon. Well, I got a... I've never seen you with your shirt not tucked in. Well, I got a shirt underneath. It's a sweater on top of a shirt. Well, you tucked in your sweater the other day into your jeans. Well, yeah. I I don't see this look from you all Well, I do that when I go to the roundhouse. Oh, well, yeah, because you got to stay warm. Oh, yeah. You have to keep all of your heat internal. I do. I do. Steve, I have a funny story to tell you. Okay. Before we dive into the rest of this show. So yesterday, I'm sure you saw me panicking, watching my internet, watching my email, and trying to find the time that oh, yeah. my package would arrive from right. UPS. And I don't know if you know this or not, Steve, but the UPS has an online service to where if you type in your routing number and you your tracking, track, you, can tra- you, you can figure out where it is. Yeah. So yesterday, I knew that it was leaving Hutch at 6.45 in the morning. Okay. Meaning, in their estimated time, it was going to be like 11 o'clock. So I'm sitting around here and going, okay, that'll be enough time. I can run home, grab it real quick. Because, not that I don't trust my neighbors. They're all good people. But you never know. You always hear about those package thieves at Christmas time. Oh, yeah. I don't want anybody driving by my house and saying, ooh, that looks like a nice package. And go and steal it. So I was monitoring it very closely. 11 o'clock rolls around. I'm supposed to get a text and an email whenever it arrives. Don't have anything yet. Then it says, sometime between 11 and 3.30. Okay, well, that's a pretty big window. That is a big window. So at 3, 3.30, I'm still waiting around. And all afternoon, I was getting antsy about it because I wanted to go grab it and come back. And I didn't know if anybody would be here to man the station. And then Steve left, and so I'm here by myself. Get to about 4 o'clock. Where's the Catester? Well, she wasn't here yesterday. Okay. We get to about 4 o'clock. Still haven't heard anything. And I'm figuring, okay, it, it, it's got to come today. The roads aren't bad enough for them to delay this one day. It said it's on its way. It's going to be here. Text my landlord. She says, oh, no, haven't seen UPS today. So I'm going, okay, I can just go back to my house, wait for them to show up at about 5, and then I'll be good to go. So I go back to my house. I take a little snooze, and just perfectly timed, I rise up out of my rest. I'm stretching, and I hear the UPS truck out in the parking lot. And I go, oh, this is perfect. They're going to drop it off at the door. I'm going to head back to work. Got a couple hours left of things to do. 
And I look outside, and what do you think I saw at my front door, Steve? Package. Nothing. Oh. There was nothing at my front Ooh. door. And that's why I started to get a little nervous. Yeah. So I see the UPS truck. He is turning around in the parking lot and backing up and going all these different ways. And I thought, okay, well, we've got a bunch of construction going on in there, a bunch of holes and caution tape. He, he backs it up, and he's walking around, and I figure, okay, well, he, he probably forgot it, and now he's panicking, doesn't want to go back through the construction. I'll just go meet him over there, and I can try and meet him halfway. So he gets a package out of the back and sort of starts walking my way. I go, perfect. He's going to just hand deliver it to there me. There you go. This is the greatest service you've ever seen. And then he goes to the building next door, and all of our apartments have a little side shed door where you could open it up and put the package in there and lock it from behind. Mm -hmm. And he does that to another door. And I go, well, that's weird. I, they had to have been bringing something for me. And so as he's walking back, I yell out to him and say, hey, do you have anything for whatever number apartment I live in? Mm -hmm. And he goes, hmm. And then looks down at his little tablet. And I'm going, oh, great. He just put my package in the wrong door. Oh. He said, wait, are, is it that building and the one I'm standing next to? And I said, yeah, it's this one. He goes, huh, no, I don't have anything for that one. I go, well, great. Mm -hmm. I'm about to go, well, there's got to be something. I've been tracking it all day. Yeah. He says, oh, well, your neighbor upstairs, he got something. So <laughs> better luck tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. It might come then. I go, okay, we'll see about this. Walk upstairs, package on my neighbor's door. Whose name do you think it was supposed to go to? And what do you think they put it on the wrong place? Yeah, they did. It was supposed <laughs> to go to me. The guy put it at the wrong thing, oh, at the wrong door. So all day, I sat there trying to say, okay, I don't want anybody to steal my package. Mm -hmm. And what did they do? They brought it to another person's door and said, go ahead and take it inside and open it up and see what's in there. It's ridiculous, Steve. I waited on it all day. Quite a story. But we made it through. There you go. We got my package. That's all that matters. Beautiful. That's Life's good. Do you order a lot of things off of the internet? No. Have you ever ordered anything off of the internet? No. Amazon? No. Are you familiar with it? No. You're not familiar with Amazon? It's Jeff Bezos' company. That's all I know. Okay, well, what do you think you can do with it? What's your understanding of Amazon.com and what you could possibly do? I don't know because I don't care. So if you're going to buy something, you would never think, oh, I'm going to go hop on Amazon and see if I can get this real quick. Too much work. It is a lot of work to go into your computer back there. I don't have a credit card, so... Oh, that's right. That does make it tough on yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. What if you <laughs> mailed in a check? <laughs> I don't think they do that anymore, do they? I forgot you don't have a credit card. Yeah, that makes that's things right. very difficult. I don't do difficult. credit cards. What if you get a debit card? And then you could buy things on Amazon. No. ATM card? No. You, do you have an ATM card? I'm a cash guy. Well, yeah, you could go get cash with the ATM card. Well, yeah. You ever thought about that? No. You just make sure you go at the times that the bank is open? That's right. Okay, Steve. Well, I'm bummed. I wanted to see if you bought <laughs> things online. I think you would be a really good online shopper. My sister does it all the time. I mean, she just looks. Well, because Susie, she's all over it. Oh. She, she's up to date. She's hip. And not me. Yeah, you're not. No. And that's okay. Well, what did they tell you yesterday? You need to grab change by the hand or else it'll grab you by the throat. Exactly. Well, have you worked on that? No. <laughs> Someday, Steve, you will. I, I doubt it. I, if they ever do away with checks, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> 
What about cash? What if they get rid of the penny? I've heard them say they're going to get rid of the penny, and Steve will be in huge trouble. Well, I'll have to learn a whole new way of living then. Well, Steve, as we continue with sports today, the Mid-America Classic begins this afternoon, and the Bullpups will be playing on the girls' side at 7.30 tonight against Wichita Southeast, and I want to talk about that a little bit later. Have you seen the big news for who the Chiefs are looking at for defensive coordinator? I don't know if we've even talked about the fact that Bob Sutton got fired. Have we? Uh, no, but uh, Spagnuolo, Steve Spagnuolo, used to be a, a head coach for the Rams. Uh, I think he was the he Giants. Giants, yeah. And then uh, Rex Ryan. What do you think about Rex? Bad fit. I don't think he's a great fit either. And I don't think he's as great a defensive coordinator as people make him out to be. But that's just me. I just think his ego's too big. You know, he'd try to, you know, muscle in on Andy. You know, once you're a head coach, I think it's hard to then go back to being a coordinator. Cause well, you, maybe not as much just being a head coach, but being a high-profile head coach, I think, is the difference there. Instead of you know, whoever, Steve Spagnuolo, had, he was barely a head coach. Yeah. Or he had a, at he least had about wasn't a, a big name. He was a cup of coffee head coach. Where Rex Ryan is a big name. He is. And sometimes to take that step back is hard, especially if it's just one step back. Where if Rex Ryan went and became the offensive analyst for some program and was way removed, I think it's a little different. My guy Brett Bielema has been doing that with the Patriots this year, mm -hmm. where he was head coach in college for 15 years in a row, then all of a sudden he's out of a job, and he's way down on the totem pole, where I think that might be hard for somebody like Rex Ryan. I think it'd be very hard for him. Well, he draws a lot of attention anyway. To himself. Well, yeah. He's, he's a strange guy. Yeah. Isn't he the guy like painted his toenails or something? I think he did. No, he's just real into feet. Yeah, he's got a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's just too weird for me. I don't, I don't think Steve would, would be comfortable with him hanging around the locker room. No. Saying, Eric Berry, why don't you why don't you slip those socks off there, friend? <laughs> let, let, let's see what those puppies are I, looking I like. Just think, I just think Rex Ryan would invite more trouble than what Andy Reid wants to... I mean, they're, they're too close to the Super Bowl to put up with all his nonsense. What did you think about the Bob Sutton firing? Were you in support of that from the very beginning, or did you think it happened a little too fast, or did you think happened it happened to, too late? It happened a year too late, because if they'd had a any kind of defense this year, they would have they'd be playing in the Super Bowl. I think it was a year too late as well, and I talked about this with friends throughout the season for the Chiefs, and what do they do about this defense, and especially after I think the Chargers game the Rams game, the Patriots game, the Seahawks game that they lost, all the games that they lost, the conversation is, how are they going to win in the playoffs if their defense is this bad? How can you keep Bob Sutton? And something kept telling me, they've got to keep this unit together for now. Because I think if they would have fired Bob Sutton in the middle of the season, it would have been too much of an issue. Yeah. I think you just have to, you just have to ride with it. Too big of a distraction. Well, and, you know, they. I think they felt like at some point, you know, the weather's going to get colder. It's going to be tougher to, you know, it's a little tougher to score in the cold. And I think they just felt like at some point that defense is going to come around, but it never did. So they moved on from Bob Sutton. And now the question is, what do they do to return and get back to a place where the defense is good? And the thing that's hard to remember, Steve, is three years ago, 
The Chiefs had one of the best defenses exactly. in the NFL. Exactly. And it's a lot of the same people. Yeah. So what happened? Is it the game changed? Is they it the old. players got old? Is it the players got hurt? Well, Justin Houston, you know, he got signed to a, what, a $106 million contract or whatever it was. He hadn't been the same since. He's been hurt. He's 30 years old. And I, I was listening to another sports talk show yesterday, and they said the first thing the Chiefs need to do, cut Eric Berry, cut Justin Houston, and get and don't re-sign D. Ford. Because they said you can take the money – from the, the the money those three players make, you could find six good players for the price those three are commanding. And the funny thing about that, too, is the, it's not like the Chiefs' defense was good and they're turning and saying, okay, how are we going to sign all these people? They were the second-to-last defense in the NFL. So pretty much anybody else you put in their position can't do worse. And with, with almost anybody. What you saw out of Eric Berry, is he worth bringing back? No. And he's going to have surgery on his heel. Well, I, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know how you have heel surgery. I don't know what it is. but I bet Rex Ryan would know. Yeah, but yeah, he would. But, <laughs> but Eric Berry, I mean, you looked at him on the sidelines, he looked shot. I mean, the guy was just shot. And then he couldn't cover an old broken down Rob Gronkowski. I mean, Rob Gronkowski – is just, he's done. He shot. And he just torched Eric Berry on that game-winning drive. And then Justin Houston, he has his moments. He's okay. But he's not, if he was the Justin Houston of three years ago, the Chiefs would be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because he was that dominating. Well, he doesn't dominate. He's just another guy, but he's another guy making big money. Now, D. Ford, two years, two years into his career, I called it, a colossal bust. I called him a colossal bust. The last two years he's been really good, but he's going to command big money, and he can't stay healthy either. You know, he's another guy that's kind of battled injuries. He's played through them, but he seems like he's battled a lot of injuries. Steve, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the Mid-America Classic beginning today inside the Roundhouse. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell, getting ready for the Mid-America Classic coming up today, tomorrow, Saturday. Steve, we went through it all last week with the Invitational. Have you felt the, the burnout yet? Have you felt the, the tiredness yet? That I, think, happen- I think you will on Saturday. That happens on Saturday in that seventh place game when it's you and me and about 20 other people. 20 of our closest friends yeah, from, watching from the game. Western Kansas. And then the moms and dads who are there to watch the tournament. That's when that's when I start to feel. I just got an interesting email, by Ooh, the way. Ooh, let's hear it. I had somebody say, how did you do the all-tournament picks? Are you related to any of the players? <laughs> and for those that- Was this a local person? No. I think it's probably a made-up name, but its I don't think it's probably from here. But the all-tournament <laughs> team is voted on by the coaches, 
except you and I had a media vote, so we're just two of ten that vote. Right. And then, well, I'm sure the tournament people, I don't know, Bob, you know, the guys that do the stats, they probably have a vote too. I don't know. But some guy says, are you related to the players, any of the players? So I emailed back. <laughs> I do not. I said, I do not do the all-tournament team. He says, were you even watching the games? You know, well. Yeah. Who, who does he think should have been in there? I have no idea. It doesn't say. So Interesting. I'll be curious to see. I, I responded. I'll be curious to see what kind of response I get to that. Probably won't get a response. Ooh, Steve's feeding the trolls. Yeah. Because he's related. Little do we know that Steve and Cody's stuff will be in her long-lost twin brothers. <laughs> that Cody's actually much older. No, him and Jake Alexander, they're distant cousins. Yeah. Steve is actually a part of the Alexander tree. Yeah. He's also part of the pile tree. So really, yeah. really everybody on the court is related to Steve. Yeah, I guess so. And I have my favorites, <laughs> and, I, and I don't budge off of them. Yeah, so. he, he is a favorites man. Well, I will not get a response from this person. Well, his sure. all-tournament team, it was just 10 players, and it was the entire McPherson nine or ten guys that play. <laughs> he kept all the Shawnee Mission East people, the Shawnee Heights. No, None my, of them could make my the My team, actually, there was a few guys that, of that I voted for did not make it. So that's, you know, which is not surprising. Now, last year, I think I picked the all-tournament team exactly on the nose. This year's all-tournament team was a little bit tougher. It really on was. On the boys' side, just because there weren't as many dominant performances. Right. And it's the team, you didn't have really, other than, like, Spencer Bain for Blue Valley West. I mean, right. he was clearly the, by far the best player on that team. And, you know, my, Mylon Jenkins from Wichita West, he was really good for them. They didn't have much else. Nobody from Mill Valley made it. And, you know, Manhattan, you could have picked three different guys from Manhattan. Free State, you could have picked two or three guys from Here's Free the all-tournament team. Mylon Jenkins, like Steve mentioned, Tony Friends from Shawnee Mission East, Tice Hoover, Manhattan – Cody Steffelby, Max Alexander, Jake Alexander all made the team for McPherson. Then another Shawnee Heights, the Blue Valley West, the Shawnee Heights. I wonder what they're upset about. I don't, I don't know. know. I have no idea. I thought it was a pretty fair team. Yeah, I, I, I did not pick. I didn't pick Hoover from Manhattan because he had the one big game and then didn't do anything the rest of the tournament. A lot of you know, it's interesting. All tournament teams sometimes the voters only like notice the first day. Or points. Or points, and don't. We saw every game, so we, we you know, I, you know, I, lo I looked at more than just points. I, I go on more in stats. Tough break that Steve Sell is a member of the family of every every player on the McPherson team. Oh so yeah, yeah. He he showed a lot of favoritism this weekend. All right, Steve, as we look into the Mid America Classic, are you related to any girls on the McPherson Not team? Not that I know of. Okay, no, no, no one's ever. <laughs> if, if there's any Italian girls on our team with Italian heritage. I might be, but I don't think there's any Tavaneros on the uh, on, on the McPherson. No girls. cells. No cells or Tavaneros. Well, then, really, you need to watch it this weekend. Oh, I'm, I, I'm watching that favoritism. Well, I may you. not even have a ballot. I don't know. You know. You'll sneak away in there and convince people. But looking at the bracket for today, here are the games that will be played. In the 1-8 matchup, Olathe South, who is undefeated, will take on Valley Center. That's at 3 o'clock. Manhattan will play Wellington at 4.30 in a couple of 7-3 and three teams. At 6 o'clock, Ulysses and Dodge City, which will be an important game for McPherson because they would either play the winner or loser of that game, depending on what they do. And the Bullpups will play at 7.30 against Wichita Southeast. When you look at the bottom seed, that's Valley Center. They're 1-8. and eight. The seventh seed is 4-6, and six, and they've played a very tough schedule, Wichita Southeast, with the City League. That This is a tournament, Steve, that by the end of the weekend, we might talk about a team that's a lower seed 
finding a way to come out on top well, because this is such a balanced field. The team that really I am intrigued about is Wellington. Yeah. I'm really interested to see what kind of team – now, I have Wellington finishing fifth. In my column today, you know, I do it I every, think that's probably a pretty I good pick. I picked the order of – I picked Wellington to beat – Ulysses is probably not going to be very happy with me because they're 8-1. <laughs> they're the three seed, and I got them finishing sixth. But I saw what they had last year, and I saw McPherson play them twice – or once, once, but you saw them but play I saw, five I saw, games. I saw them play five games last year. They had trouble scoring the basketball. I mean, they really did. They had trouble scoring, and I just think it. Even though they're eight and one, they've beaten Dodge City. They beat Dodge City early, but I like this Dodge City team. I like I like their athleticism, the way they get up and down the floor. But I think really, when you look at the tournament, three teams are separated. Head and shoulders to me above the rest. I really believe that. And those three are? McPherson, Olathe, the South, Manhattan. And that's sort of the way this tournament has gone the last few years. When you look at the teams that have won the McPherson Invitational recently, McPherson, Olathe South, Shawnee Mission Northwest, Olathe South, Manhattan, Olathe South, McPherson, Olathe South, Olathe South. Are you seeing a trend there, Steve? Yeah, yeah. I've got McPherson, Olathe South in the finals, and I picked the Bullpups, and that wasn't a homer pick. You know, I I look at what Olathe South has back. I look at what McPherson has back. You know, I felt like the Bullpups dominated Olathe South last year. They won by 25. They won, yeah, and it was every bit of 25. And I just feel like the Bullpups aren't that far back from where they were last year. Of course, they missed Taylor and Mandy. I mean, there's no doubt. They don't have the inside presence. I've said it time and again. They simply don't have the inside scoring presence, but they – they play such good defense, and they play at such a high pace. I just, I just think their press is just going to bother teams in this tournament. And I don't know if Olathe South has seen the kind of pressure that the Bullpups can bring. So who are the four teams that you anticipate winning today at the Mid-America Classic? I got the three, you know, the big three, and then I have Dodge City beating Ulysses. I have McPherson and Dodge City playing again in the semis. The fun thing about this bracket for us, Steve, is that we've seen almost every team in this field recently. We saw Late the South play three games last year at the at the Mid-America Classic. We haven't seen Valley Center. They're the only team on here that really we don't have a very good picture of. Manhattan, we saw them last year for three games. We saw the Bullpups play them. We saw Wellington at the state tournament last year at 4A Division One. We saw Ulysses five times last year. Well, what tr- intrigues me about Wellington is their last game before the tournament, they beat Circle. Right. And that kind of caught my attention. And then Dodge City... We were just there less than a month ago, or just over a month ago. So almost every team besides Wichita Southeast and Valley Center, we've seen, we're familiar with, and not only are we familiar with them, but the team is familiar with them. The coaching staff is familiar with them. And so in terms of scouting for teams, McPherson has a very good feel for almost anybody they have a chance to play. And if the Bullpups play Dodge City again, the Unruh girl will not score 25 this time. I guarantee it. It was Coach, 66-52. Coach Stradman will have a strategy devised that she does not score 25. We're excited for a fun day of basketball, and like Steve has mentioned several times, we'll have updates at midkansasonline.com. We'll do some updates on the air here throughout the afternoon. The girls, again, will start at, at 7.30, so that means if everything is running on time, we'll probably take the air at like 7.15. But if Ulysses and Dodge City go into a Wild West 
double well, overtime shootout that it could be a long I, there, night. There's no way our game will start at 730. You can just book it right now. We'll see. All right. We'll see how Steve feels. All right, we'll take one more break. Back after this, you're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve has been getting all sorts of hate email today, so we're trying to filter through all of that and make sure that Steve stays protected on the Internet. I think people are just so upset with you, Steve. Oh, yeah. One guy, one person. You really go out of your way a lot of the time to really make it hard on some of the other teams and people that don't deserve all tournament selections and uh, Steve actually votes on all the all state as well he actually just he just makes it. up stats for the other teams too I have too. nothing to do with it he'll say yeah McPherson they're scoring 75 points a game well, he pe- votes in the people think I'm a lot more important than what I really am I'm not important I'm a nobody <laughs> I'm a mere I'm a mere scintilla of speck of Ooh. dust I'm just a speck of dust Steve, there's a conversation that I've been hearing recently that I'm getting sick of, that I don't really want to hear it anymore. Okay. And that conversation is, Patrick Mahomes didn't even have a chance to have the ball at the end of the game in overtime. The game was decided on a coin toss. Patrick Mahomes, he didn't have a chance, and it's a shame. We need to change these overtime rules. You didn't hear Andy Reid say that. No. Andy Reid didn't say a word about it. Did the Chiefs know the rules of overtime going into the game? Sure. Did you? Do you think they knew the rules? I think so. That if the first team that has the ball scores a touchdown, make a play. they win. Make a play. The Chiefs had a lot of chances to make plays. And do people not remember what happened like three hours before the Chiefs started their overtime? Do yeah. You, do you remember what happened like three hours before? Yeah, they're horrible. No. The Saints and the Rams went to overtime. Right. Do you know who won the toss? Uh, and got the ball first. New Orleans. The Saints. Right. They had the ball first. Yeah. And you know what the Rams did? Instead of going, Jared Goff didn't even get a chance. Mm-hmm. They made a play. Yeah. They got the ball back and won. Yeah. I don't like the narrative of Patrick Mahomes didn't even have a chance. Make a stop. Yeah. We've said it before. When you get to overtime of a sporting event, the regular regulation time is for the game to be won normally. When you get to overtime, we have to do something in order to speed up the process. Because how do you think Chiefs fans would feel if they changed the overtime rule to be just like college football overtime and it keeps going back and forth, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Patrick Mahomes tears his ACL in the seventh overtime. How do you think fans would feel about that? Yep. They would say, we got to stop these games. This is too long. These oh, yeah. players are, are too tired. Oh, yeah. Why don't they just make a stop on defense? They had them yeah. at third and ten about three times. And Julian Edelman. The Patriots had several chances to turn the ball over. And I just don't like the narrative that Patrick Mahomes didn't have a chance. He had a ton of chances. Yeah. Scoring the first half. Yeah. I, I don't know. 
defense come up with one stop on third down and long yeah. in don't, overtime. Don't cover Gronkowski with Eric Berry. They had five minutes of overtime to get a stop, and they didn't. Yeah. They had a chance to just hold them down yeah, at the goal line. they hold them to a field goal, they get the ball. If they hold them to a field goal, they get a chance. Yeah. And they couldn't do it. I just don't like the narrative of poor Chiefs. They didn't have a chance. They knew the rules going into overtime. Yeah. Just force them to a field goal. One time get off the field on third down and ten. I don't know. I, are, are you sick of that narrative too? Because uh, it's just been a lot of complaining about it, and I don't like it. Well, I, I don't let it bother me like it apparently bothers you. I let those. I, I don't mind the overtime. It's not like I think the overtime rule is great, but I don't mind it. But they've modified it in order to help out with this process. Because do you remember at first when the overtime was, okay, you get the ball, go kick a field goal, game over. Right. They've changed the rules. Yeah. But I just don't like the way that people have to but I think complain gonna, about it. But I think there's going to be a change. What I do you really, think is the best solution? I think – You the, think college overtime is I, the best solution? I think the solution is going to be if the offense scores first, then the defense has a chance to score – or the other offense has a chance to score a touchdown. If they don't, the game's over. Interesting. I don't know. I just – I don't love the complaints about it because the Chiefs had chances. Yeah. The Chiefs' defense had 94 chances to make plays. <laughs> right. And they didn't. That's right. The whole game. Yeah. Yeah, New England, if they'd kept if, if uh, they'd kept going, New England would have had over 100 plays in that game. And if it weren't for a couple of turnovers, then the Chiefs might have given up 70, 80, 90 points. Yeah. It would have been scary. Yeah. All right, Steve, going to be a fun day of basketball, fun night, late night of basketball. Make sure to stay tuned to midkansasonline.com. Steve will be working very hard to make sure that, Feverishly. Oh, that we're all up there, and he'll be narrowing down his all-tournament team <laughs> and choosing all the people that he likes. He goes, oh, yeah, that number three, I don't like her hair very much. I'm not picking her. Ulysses, I'm throwing your name out. None of you are going to make the team. No, yeah. Steve Steve will have a very honest evaluation, and, and I don't do even, a great job. Yeah, and, and I don't even write about an all-tournament team. I just post the one that's voted on. I don't really say who mine were, so... <laughs> I just, oh, Steve. Yeah, I keep that to myself. Haters are Steve's motivators. Oh, haters. <laughs> Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll see you tonight at the Roundhouse. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.